Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The draft is over. It's time to turn our attention to free agency. What's coming next? We'll tell you. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always going to be free. It is never going to be behind a paywall. And Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you can go and hang out with nearly 18,000 subscribers to the channel, this ever-growing thing. Uh, a bunch of people all getting together, leaving comments, talking to us, talking to each other, uh, and really becoming part of the show. Because every day, whether or not we reference a listener a viewer specifically in the in the show we are always looking at those pages to get a feel for what you guys are saying what you're thinking um, but we do like it when you leave us questions or comments that we can use directly and uh, you know give you some love on the program um, so yeah Andy lots to look forward to today because free agency is now the next big thing. The draft is done. If you haven't seen it, go back and look at our scouting report episode that we did with Mike Garcia from Monday, breaking down all the new players for the Lakers, the the drafted guys and the two-way guys that they, they brought in, plus their uh, Exhibit 10. We didn't even stop. Andy, we even did Exhibit 10. Well, he was he was one of uh, Mike's guys. So the, the fact that they brought that they brought in Alex Fudge, that we knew, if nothing else, we wanted to make sure to give Mike, the the love and the credit that he was somebody that he was zeroing in for the Lakers and the Lakers were apparently on the same wavelength. We also are going to be looking sometime this week to bring in Jacob Rude. A lot of you probably know his work from Silver Screen and Roll. He also hosts Locked on Hoosiers for the network. And because of that, which saw- is, by the way, the strangest like overlap, I think, in anybody working in sports media. My two beats are indiana and the lakers yeah it, it is works out strange. well for us though i mean well you know it, it's thematic with the way the lakers and pacers have been linked together for the last couple of years so yeah but like but not indiana but indiana no, i know i know college I no no i get it uh it's sort of the the jv league of the pacers with the the big boy <laughs> lakers but either way we're looking to have jacob on sometime this week because he watched jalen hood Chafino game in game out and we'll have a lot of thoughts on on jhs and also just what the lakers should be looking to do in general so um yeah well that's something to look forward to for the everydayers and uh the most of the dayers as well but um as you can see we got a lot of guys it, it it's funny like i both of us subscribe to mark stein Substack. if you haven't you really should it's a great newsletter um, tons of great information. Mark is not a flamethrower. He is a guy with great information and an excellent, excellent writer, which is also um, a nice touch. And so we get, I'm getting the newsletter. I know you get it, Andy, all the time. And what's funny about it so far is we all turn our attention post-draft of the free agency period. So Lakers really haven't been involved in any of these, these columns. And I think we all understand it doesn't take much to get the Lakers to be part of a rumor, um, no, to even be no. sort of tangentially related to something, a, a, a coda on, on some sort of trade rumor or potential free agent destination. It doesn't take 
much. No, they are the most Photoshop team in all of sports. There, <laughs> yes. There's no question. Like, fo- um, like if the Lakers, for whatever reason, cease to exist, Photoshop might go under. Like, <laughs> like they're seventy five percent of the use of Photoshop is just putting different players players in Lakers, in Lakers jerseys. jerseys. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, to the best of my knowledge, it's the only reason the actual app exists. I, you know, I'm actually, I'm at this point, I'm fairly concerned. I'm fairly convinced that these guys all actually do just at their own media days, take pictures in a Lakers jersey, just like for expedience sake. Um, but they, they're not there and, and it is, it is really interesting to see. And so, you know, it, what that tells me, at least when I look at this is that m- for the time being, you know, nobody expects the Lakers to be in on Kyrie Irving and do that thing. I think the Lakers have kind of put that speculation to bed. I don't think anybody's expecting them to do the tear down to try to open up space for free agent X, Y, or Z. Um, well, it, it it doesn't help in terms of keeping the rumor mill spinning at maximum speed that the Lakers, everybody know, cannot create maximum cap space. Like it's impossible for them to actually, even if they clear the decks of everyone who isn't LeBron or AD, they still can't do it because of LeBron and AD. Right. That $47 million figure or something like that would be a Kyrie's max. They can't get there. So that combined with the fact that it's a pretty weak free agent class to begin with, you're still going to see people like, uh, link to the Lakers, like you know, I have I have seen Draymond Green in a Photoshop Laker jersey, but it's it's not on over. To be clear, you didn't do that, right? It wasn't no. you doing. The- <laughs> no, I, I I don't know how. <laughs> Otherwise, I would. <laughs> I texted but- Andy. I texted Andy last night when I'm trying to put up the 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 post. All we wanted to do was a split screen because it was again a, a scouting reporter, mo- mostly on the two guys they drafted, Maxwell Lewis and George, uh, Jalen Hudshafino. All I wanted to do was just create a picture that was a split screen of the two of them, like an image. I asked Andy, like, do you know how to do that? He said, no. Well, <laughs> we, I, look, we couldn't figure out. I managed to figure it out, but we are not graphic designers. Oh, I actually think I could have figured out if I tried. I didn't feel like trying. That's your job. I do the other stuff. This is That's your true. job to figure out, not mine. Give a man but, to fish, teach a man to fish. I mean, but then you combine like with Draymond specifically, who is one of the higher profile free agents out there. Once the Warriors moved Jordan Poole in what was, you know, I think Chris Paul is somebody that can help the Warriors and help their their second unit and stuff like that. Like, I think he makes some sense for Golden State, but let's not get this twisted in any way, shape, or fashion. The primary reason they did this was to move Jordan Poole's money. Jordan Poole, who mm-hmm. also happens to be the guy that Draymond punched, and it's grown clear the tension between them lingers and gets in the way of the winning. That is very And also, much, by the way, had a really bad playoff. Right. And, well, I, I don't think they are unrelated matters. Like, this was in many ways a move to ensure you keep Draymond green. Does it guarantee it? No. But stuff like that, decreases the Lakers relative presence in all these rumors. Yeah. They'll never go away because of the Lakers, but relatively speaking, you are correct, Brian. It's been a soft off season for Laker rumors. You, you mentioned that trade, the Jordan pool trade. And it's funny, like the Lakers in a lot of ways were very fortunate to get out ahead on the, 
on the Westbrook thing because the trades that have happened so far, the draft day trades was, you know, Davis Bertans being unloaded and, and, you know, into somebody else's cap space. And, you know, Bradley Beal was, was given away from a talent standpoint, was given away. John um, Collins by Atlanta. Today. John Collins. I was getting there today. Atlanta on, on Monday afternoon, dealt John Collins to Utah, which is an interesting pickup for them with Walker Kessler and Lori Markinen, um, essentially to clear the money off their books. And Unless everyone they really is doing loved this. Rudy Gay or that second round pick. <laughs> I'd say it's all the reason they did it. <laughs> which again, essentially, um, if you boil it down. But what's happening is like, you know, the, the, the new CBA is really changing the way that teams approach this stuff. And all of that actually has, as we sort of turn our attention back to the Lakers, obviously big deal for guys signed to big contracts and all that kind of stuff, but for players who are entering the market, um, and particularly we'll talk in this episode, as you can see here about Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves and uh, uh, Malik Beasley and Mobamba, the Lakers have uh, decisions to make on those guys to guarantee their contracts uh, through the end. That's really the end of the week that that comes up. Um, all of these things impact the market and people's willingness to spend. And to that end, Andy, there was a free agents, uh, a player that was taken off the market over the weekend that is directly relevant to this conversation. We'll explain it next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by eBay Motors. And for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player's perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can make sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and then look for the green check to know that the part will fit or you get your money back. And just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you will be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring them a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. So over the weekend, Nas Reed, who is a player that many Lakers fans, Minnesota center Nas Reed, who was a player that many Lakers fans uh, hoped the Lakers might be able to uh, take a run at, uh, unrealistically, really. But... You know, we have we all have hopes and dreams. Um, he was signed to a three-year four, $42 million extension by the the Wolves. He will not be a free agent this offseason. The, the, the move is significant um, from a financial standpoint because it is a couple million, it's about 14 million a year. Uh, it's about a couple million more than what the expected number is is for the mid-level, full mid-level exception. So Minnesota essentially gives them a little bit more than what most teams would probably be able to make their starting offer for a guy like Nas Reed. Um, and that was enough to keep him from testing the market. Yeah. It, Reed was unrealistic for the Lakers unless they were going to clear the decks of everybody other than Austin Reeves's cap hold with the hope of making Nas Reed one of their premier free agent gets like, it was otherwise impossible for the Lakers. Like they, they could not have made the offer to match what Minnesota did. So for all intents and purposes, again, I get why Laker fans wanted Nas Reed. He's a quality player and 
he has a habit of kicking the Lakers' ass, so I get it. But he he was never really a realistic option to begin with. So the what what stuck out to me though in terms of why this is relevant. I mean, it's it's one of these signings, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, the the idea that the 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 Wolves have a lot of money, like two-thirds of their cap tied up in centers, <laughs> odd thing in this league. Um, you know, maybe they're going to trade Carl Anthony Towns. They will maybe try to trade Rudy Gobert. Good luck with that. Um, and we'll see how that goes. But for the Lakers' standpoint, this to me was one of those – deals that you look at and say, I wonder how that impacts the market for Rui Hachimura. Because if the Wolves thought that the, you know, that the full mid-level was kind of where Nas Reed would be. And he's a player with a, gets a lot of a lot of respect around the league, young player, up and coming, in some ways has similarities to Hachimura. You could even argue he's been more productive than Hachimura, you know, when when given a chance to play. Um if that's the market for Reed, then you probably wonder if a you know that sort of full med, mid-level is where a lot of teams would start with Hachimura. And if that's the case, that's great news for the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. The, the full mid-level being a starting point for Rui is basically what I expected anyway. Like, I would have been mm-hmm. stunned if the Lakers could have gotten him to something yearly for less than $12 million. Oh, sure. I was, But I'm thinking more, not less. Well, well I... I think it is going to be more, but the idea of like significantly more, I would be surprised if Rui cost more than 17 or 18 per year. I'd be very surprised by that. I also don't think Reed and Rui are necessarily a great comp in terms of reading all this in part, because like you talked about before, there's, there's a certain amount of flexibility and like sort of, pragmatic covering your bases that goes with retaining Reed for Minnesota. Like there part of retaining Reed is it gives you the ability to try to get off either cat or Gobert in a way that retaining Rui wouldn't be the same for the Lakers. They'd be retaining Rui because they want Rui. Right. But the other thing though, is I actually think Nas Reed is somebody that around the league has had more respect for his potential mm-hmm. than Rui. Like Reed has been seen as a guy that if you gave him a larger opportunity, it's felt like he could do more. You know, I mean, I I don't know necessarily what his ceiling is, but I think he's always been seen as somebody that, wow, you know, in, in limited minutes, that guy produces pretty regularly. He's shown a lot of flashes. You wonder what would happen if he played regularly 25 minutes a game. Rui, if anything, has been the guy that's, I think, around the league, seen as somebody who's been given a lot of opportunity and hasn't made good on it. Like oh, I agree. The, 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 two to three, the two to three months that he played with the Lakers where he was very, very good, I think around the league, teams are wondering if that's the outlier or if that's just Rui finally unlocked and used correctly and out of the mess that has been the Washington Wizards for how long, however long you want to say they've been a mess. But I don't actually see them as very as comparable in, in in that sense. If anything, I think there's more skepticism about Rui than Reed, which I think I think Reed, there would have been more of a chance of somebody wanting to roll the dice to try to really pry him away from Minnesota than there might be with the Lakers and Rui. 
that if that's again, I don't. I think a lot of what you're saying is true. And this, I mean, look, I I have been more. I don't want the Lakers to be paying Rui Hachimura twenty million dollars a year. I don't. You know, I think eighteen, twenty. You know, the the expectations for what is sort of your 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 acceptable performance, quality performance, is a lot different at you know where Hachimura was this year versus where Hachimura would be at nineteen million a year. And I think there is a larger. I I I have not seen enough to be fully convinced that like this is a guy who is like ascending. I, but I I love the way he fits with LeBron or whatever, and I and I don't think the Lakers should get let him get away. But what you're talking about though is even more good news for yeah. the Lakers. Um, and like you look around, and I think you know, so much of this is instructive. Like you look around the teams that had money to spend. You know, it's like Houston. Is Houston going to give? Rui Hachimura, I mean, they could, I guess. I mean, he's He's young enough to theoretically fit into a rebuild. They have so many bodies in Houston right now. Were I in charge there, I would be more focused on sorting out what I have before I start adding more players to that. Or adding, like, I mean, I don't think James Harden is a good idea for Houston on a multitude of different levels, but if you add James Harden, you're at least setting up a pecking order. Like, there's a clear hierarchy that doesn't come from adding Rui Hachimura to that mix. Right. And they, they just drafted um, Cam Whitmore. It's like they, they, they've got so many bodies uh, in Houston, all of whom are kind of in the same place. And, and Hachimura doesn't add clarity to any of that. Yeah. You know, the Spurs, is that where they want to like, you know, as they rebuild around Wembenyana, like it doesn't seem like that's what they're interested in either. Um, you know, and the most of the contending teams where you could, like you say, slot him in in a pecking order that makes a lot of sense um is you know most of those guys those teams don't have the money to go out and spend on hachimura beyond a mid-level a, a either a taxpayer mid-level or a full mid-level if they happen to be one of the teams that has it so i mean i'm starting to get cautiously optimistic that you know, that, that Hachimura could land not necessarily between, I, I thought 15, I thought 20 was a stretch as that number started to get tossed around in the playoffs, you know, when he was shooting 900% from three point <laughs> range versus it should be noted like low thirties in the regular season for his career. Um, I, you know, if that, that sort of 13 to 15 figure seems pretty good the lakers do kind of the same thing go a little above a mid-level give them three years and you know with some sort of option or buyout you know available in there somewhere and the difference for the lakers between 13 million a year and 16 million a year for hachimura is massive in terms of what else they can do around the roster yeah, it affects their ability to have a taxpayer mid-level exception versus non-taxpayer, uh, however close it takes them to luxury tax. All, all of the concerns Laker fans have about how a little more much flexibility with Austin Reeves, which right. is everything. Like how much how much concern Laker fans have about the degree to which money will affect their ability to create a great roster, like the willingness to spend will it get in the way of say retaining Lonnie Walker as a fourth or a fifth guard, something something like that. These dollars all add up. I, yep. I'll call my shot right now. I think D'Lo and Rui will both be back with the Lakers making basically the same salary annually. I think they will both make around 15 a year. 
they're actually they're they're going to split it <laughs> like the morrises you like the, they used to have like joint bank accounts if that, if that makes them happy go for it um, <laughs> they, can, they can do it but i actually you know i mean i i've still i i recently heard a podcast with somebody talking about uh delo and you know wanting to make 30 million dollars a year or, you know are the lakers going to be comfortable with that? i'm like wait, there no, is they're, no they're world in which he's going to make 30 like his contract yeah. could be worth 30 million dollars the one that's coming up he's not going to make right. 30 this is not a thing like right. this is the, not, the lakers would not be comfortable with that which is okay because it's not going to happen right um, like th this yeah. is not a thing like honestly i would be surprised at this point if delo made 20 a year I'd be surprised. I, I I don't I don't think he'll get there. I think what the Lakers I don't think the Lakers want to put him in a position where he's playing for NBA version of resentful money or open it up to where you know what I'll just take somebody else's mid level and you know full mid level from somewhere else get out of this fast. So like the Lakers, you know, have an interest in making his contract yeah. appealing, but I don't think that I do think that gets them in under twenty, which is another great thing because these you know when if the Lakers are paying D'Lo. 36 million for two years guaranteed with a third year on there, you know, 20 million partially guaranteed. It ch again changes the perception. It changes everything about kind of the way people think about guys and what, what they're expected of, uh, what is expected of them. Um, I think I, they'll both make about 15 to 17 a year. That's I think, yeah, I think, I think Russell may end up making a little bit more, but I do He's think more established than Rui. That makes he sense. He should make a little bit more. I just, I think that the market forces, this offseason in a down year for free agents where teams other than the ones that kind of have to spend money i think you're going to see if you want a player you're going to look for somebody else and you can absorb it somebody else's expensive player that you're willing to take because the you know the premium on that talent is low i mean john collins is not a perfect player he's better than rudy gay in a second round pick i mean he's better than that and you know i think if you take him out of the mess that has been the hawks and put him in a much more structured environment like they had him in, in, in a better team and all that in um, Utah, um, you know, the, 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 with the direction they're going. I feel like that is is potentially good for him. Um, I know we have Reeves next on our rundown on, on the YouTube board, but um, the Reed thing is relevant also for another Laker uh, and the center market, and it's a big week for that. So we'll skip to uh, Mo Bamba and talk about the impact of Nas Reed uh, on the Lakers and Mobamba next. All right. So, Andy, you've noticed the center market is woefully thin. There are guys, you know, like Brooke Lopez, I mean, great player. The Lakers can't afford him by any stretch. Um, I think it is almost a fait accompli. He ends up back in Milwaukee where they need they him. He's happy, um, you know. He's just they—they they really can't afford to let him go. No, if you got to choose between him and Middleton, who's also a free agent, I think you take Lopez. I think I agree. I think you take Lopez. Um, and so they have that to to think about. You know, uh, Nas Reed was one of the more well-regarded free agent centers, potential free agent centers. There really isn't much else left on the market, and the Lakers need bigs they need at least one more uh even if they keep mobamba but how does uh not again not that the reed was ever really going to be an option for the lakers but how does the fact that he's already off the market that the the wolves were afraid uh, clearly afraid of somebody giving him a you know a, a contract that they 
Um, didn't want to mess around with at the very least. What do you think this does to the to the decision making process around Mo Bamba? The Lakers have to decide whether or not to guarantee his deal by the end of the week. That's interesting. I I hadn't thought about it until you just brought it up now in terms of, of a correlation. Um, I had been thinking about it more just in terms of the deadline the Lakers have on both Bamba and Beasley and making a decision on them if they are unable to right. find because if you, if you let Bamba go, you decide oh, right. you got to replace him, right? If I have to choose between Beasley or Bamba, like just in terms for whatever reason, whether it's mm -hmm. economics, whether it's flexibility, whether fit, I would keep Bamba before I would keep Beasley because I think it is harder to find Mo Bamba than it is to find Malik Beasley. Um, and I say this acknowledging that Malik Beasley is a more established player than, than Bamba and his career has been, I think, steadier and more consistent. But I think Bamba just – the things that he has been able to do on an even inconsistent level at his size and also the need for this roster, I, I think it is going to be more difficult to duplicate that than it is to find somebody who can shoot around the league. And especially if it's just a guy that all he can do is shoot, Fine. That's all Malik Beasley can do is shoot. So if I have to choose between one or the other, or if it seems like there's more of a of an urgency dictating keeping one versus the other, I would keep Bamba before I'd keep Beasley. Yeah, and when you look, and I, I think the other thing that factors into that and why the Lakers, I think if of the two, I think I, I, think it would, I would be very surprised if the Lakers picked up Beasley's option unless they really thought they could trade him quickly um, and had something in mind there. I'd be surprised if they picked up his option um, at 16, almost 17 million. Um, I think that like they, they'd be more likely to turn that down. I don't think that necessarily means he's gone. I think they'd like to sign him for a lower number. Um, and nobody is giving Malik Beasley $17 million this offseason. That is not a thing that is going to happen. D'Lo is more likely to get his 30 you know, than, than Beasley. Maybe not, but you understand what I'm getting. Both are unlikely. <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very interesting uh, poll question. <laughs> you know, you know, Beasley, you know, you, if you think that D'Lo's play against the Nuggets hurt his market value, how about getting basically benched during the playoffs? That's what Beasley happened to Beasley. So, um, and he didn't market, play very well in the regular season either. With the no, Lakers. he was terrible with the Lakers. I mean, it didn't work. It just, it was, I would love to see him come back at 12, 10, 12, something like that. You know, some number in there where the Lakers have a little, because I don't think he is a bad player and his skill set, that high volume, um, three point shooting has a lot of value. And again, even if it's just in 82 games and he's, you know, a guy that, oh, struggling to play him in the playoffs, Lakers need, depth to get through the regular season and they need that skill set and if they let Beasley go they need to find it somewhere else and if they let Beasley go they certainly can't let D'Lo go um, because there just isn't that level of shooting left on the market but Mo Bamba you talk about supply and demand he's the seventh ranked seventh on John Hollinger's list of free agent centers um, you know, you can take that for what it's worth. But, you know, one is Porzingis. He's not going to be an option. Two is Jakob Pertl. And he's, even if he leaves Toronto, he's not coming to L.A. 
Christian Wood in Dallas, I suspect is probably going to be there. Or you know, again, not I don't think he's going to be in Dallas, but I don't not particularly here. want. I don't particularly want Christian. Wood. No, you know, Brooke Lopez is four. We just talked about that. Dwight would Powell, love to have okay. him. Not going to happen. Right, right. Dwight Powell. Okay, you could have a conversation. Maybe he's somebody you could you could bring in. Um, you know, stuff like that. But you're you're into the you know Mason Plumleys, who I don't think the Clippers are going to let go because they they have no way to replace him. He played you know, well for them. He did. Bamba is like a pretty good name in this market. And if you let him, if you, if you turn down the option, you are now risking, you know, letting him go. I, I think you know, we didn't see how well that works with Anthony Davis, but he is probably a more credible option than anything else they would replace him with. And they still probably need to troll this, you know, the bottom sort of level of guys who might or might not be available for another body anyway. So yeah. now you put yourself in a position where you need two dudes and 10 million bucks for your backup center could be traded, you know, later. I don't think that's a crazy number. I, I think they pick that up because they, where do you find another guy? Right. Unless, it, unless a trade comes up in the next like 48 hours or something, you know, something like that. But I, Again, if I had to choose, you know, you know, in a, I guess the most perfect world, you could even bring back Beasley on his current contract, just because then you have the most amount of money that you could bundle sure. in a trade package. But again, if I had to prioritize, or bring both of them back for less, but like you know, it just you start to, you do you do start to flirt with losing guys, you know, because like you're not you, realistically, if you let him go, you're if you bring him back, it's gonna be for seven you know, seven and a half, eight, like he's going to be worth it. I don't think, you know, he's going to be a, you know, somebody's mini mid-level. Maybe he would be, but you know, I, I think there are enough teams that need centers and would take a crack at a, at a still a young player that I, I feel like if you, you turn that down for 10 million, there's a good chance he walks. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, if you had to prioritize between one or the other, who would you take before? Bamba, you know? they need a big, yeah, yeah I they need the big more. Um, all right, so we'll talk. We'll talk Reeves on Wednesday, or certainly through the week. We've got a couple other things that we want to set up. As Andy mentioned, we're going to get Jacob Rude on to talk. The summer league team is starting to take shape, um, and we'll keep an eye on the on the rumor mill. Every ta- every time one of these trades happens, it changes the landscape just a little bit. So this Collins to Utah thing matters. All of these deals matter. Locked on Lakers on you. Please also leave us questions, leave us comments. We'd love to uh, weave your stuff into the show. So don't just make leave comments on the YouTube page. Actually, you know, hey Andy, Brian, answer this for me. Um, and then also too, you can do that on the iTunes page um, where you can along with a five star review. Yes, please. We haven't been we haven't been pumping that that much. Um, you got to start doing that again. That's uh, one of the great. Uh, um, Carryovers from the from the Anthony Irwin era. Nobody pumps the the iTunes page better than Anthony, so we got to copy that. Um, and we will see everybody on Wednesday.